Hello and welcome to episode one of Travel Diva. I'm Matt, I love travel and sometimes I'm a bit of a diva. And it's June 2020, I'm currently sat in my apartment in lockdown looking for things to do to fill my time and so I thought why not make a podcast? I also thought I won't invest in professional equipment, I'm not going to plan what I'm going to say, so everything you hear is me just rambling on and there's not been any thoughts into what's about to come out of my mouth. So hopefully you enjoy it, thank you for listening and if you've got any comments you can email me at matt at vacationplanners.co.uk. And so I'm going to talk about the trip that I took to Thailand in January. This trip was to a fitness boot camp. And I'll generally be chatting about how that went. um, The flights I took there, the other things I did. And yeah, hopefully you'll enjoy it. So I went on the 4th of Jan and decided to treat myself and fly business class with Finnair. Now, I've flown business a few times. It's not, it's definitely not how I'm used to traveling. And when I was younger, didn't fly very often and always flew in economy, didn't know anything else about that other end of the plane. I mean, a lot of the flights I went on when I was younger, there wasn't even that end of the plane. It was obviously all economy. And then BA once upgraded me for free. And they know what they're doing. The airlines know what they're doing when they do that. It's just, it's ridiculous because it makes it an option then. And then it's, I'm not after sympathy. I mean, again, I'm recording this when a lot of people are losing their lives. There's a lot of serious things going on in the world right now. And so trying to make the case for why I should fly business class over economy probably won't go down very well. But it's difficult. And especially if I'm going on a fitness boot camp trip, I'm now in the mindset of the only way you get me on that plane is if it's in a life flat bed. And I mean, I would add that's not at any cost. So money is very important. And also in general, fitness trips away tend to be quite cheap. Uh, The street that I go to in Thailand, it has lots of different gyms, lots of juice places, healthy restaurants, but obviously you're there to work out and you don't do much else on top of that. And it's not too expensive to go to the boot camp. I think you're looking at about, with accommodation, 50 to 75 pounds a day. Um, And so that's mainly my justification for then flying business class just to make sure that I do get there. So, implying, sorry, that to make sure I get on the plane, it's not any safer if you're sat at the front. I actually think you might be more likely to die if you're sat at the front, but fact check that, because I don't have a clue. I don't want to know. But, so I booked Finnair. They had some, again, I'll try and be careful with saying good value deals. It's, It's all relative, isn't it? Good value compared to the normal pricing on the route. And I paid, it was around about £1,300 business class to Phuket via Helsinki uh, in January as well, which is peak season for Thailand. 
And I was also excited, sorry to add, I'm an air traffic controller. And I was also excited because it would be my first trip on an A350, which is just an AV geek moment, really. I'm not hugely into planes and I'm not hugely into sort of the mechanics of them or I'm not going to go plane spotting. But I am excited about going on a new type of plane if I can sit on there and get drunk. So, so yeah, on the 4th of Jan, went to Helsinki. I mean, the lounge at Helsinki, firstly, kind of a standard lounge, but the food, I am still dreaming of the salmon in the lounge there. It was incredible. I can't, I can't really get across how a plate of salmon and Caesar salad could be so delicious. But it was amazing. And preferable to my experience at Heathrow, when I may have gone on a certain gay dating app called Grindr, and may have started getting, getting messages from somebody else in the lounge, who basically, this person wasn't attractive to me at all. But they were trying to get me to meet them in the lounge. Fortunately, I was sat behind a very big pot plant and they couldn't see me. But I I ended up spending a good half hour to an hour hiding in the Cafe Pacific Lounge at Heathrow behind a pot plant. So this guy on Grinder couldn't see me. You may also, uh, if you do carry on listening to this therapy session, realise that I go off topic quite easily. I'd like to think it's one of my sort of more redeemable features, but I do get quite distracted and talk about anything. Um, But yeah, so if there's anything just take from the start of this podcast, don't turn on Grindr inside an airport lounge. And actually, I've got another experience about that with a similar message thread in Doha airport from a very OCD guy who could see me and was sat over the other side and basically just kept saying I can see you like are you enjoying your wine um where are you from and so I said well I always say London I'm not from London I'm from Southampton but near enough um and the guy was on the flight back to London so he's like oh we're on the same flight come over and talk to me and going really, really stalkerish, you could say. And again, that didn't play out very well. But the good thing was, I booked a cheap business class fare there from Milan. I've done a few. I've gone from Stockholm, Copenhagen, Milan. And in general, certainly in the pre-COVID days, Qatar used to offer some great deals, normally around about £1,000 per person to fly business class to Asia. I've been to Thailand, Bali, from European departure points. And normally you'd save a good sort of six to eight hundred pounds versus the price of flying from London. And so you would just book a flight from London out to the airport and then connect yourself and save a good deal of money. But then if you go on Grindr, get a good deal of harassment in Doha Lounge. So yeah, the tips you should take from it are don't go on Grindr, which I know is quite a niche tip for a small group of people. Um, And on top of that, if you're in Helsinki, definitely get that salmon and get that Caesar salad. 
Oh, and the showers were amazing as well. All done via, uh, there's a little touch screen in front of the shower and you just basically book it, the door opens, in you go. Oh, how Sinky Lounge was good. Definitely enjoyed my time there. Then got on board the A350, the hyped A350. I mean, I enjoyed it. I guess you realise that a plane's just a plane, really. It's quieter and it does have kind of cool lighting, sort of all the sort of mood lighting. And then if you're sort of flying, it's like sunrise or sunset, they'll change the cabin lights to sort of that dark orange. But I mean, there's only so excited, like you can only get so excited about that. The highlights on that flight for me were definitely the drinks. And actually, for the first time, not just the alcoholic drinks, which is a rarity, (laughs) Um, the blueberry juice on thin air. Now, I'm sure I'm not the first person to comment on this. I definitely won't be the last. But if you fly thin air and not in a kind of derogatory way, they do this in all classes. So this isn't just a business class thing. Get the blueberry juice. The blueberry juice is insane. It makes you question how you get so far into your life without tasting blueberry juice. Honestly, have the blueberry juice. That is my top tip. Um, And on top of that, they do some good cocktails as well. They did an Arctic Blue Gin and Tonic, which I definitely recommend. These, I assume, are business only, but if you're an economy, go for it, ask. You never know. Um, And then they also did an amazing double bilberry cocktail and a blue sky one, which was champagne and blueberry liqueur. Honestly, take me back for those drinks. I uh, pre-ordered my meal as well on that flight. And I'm fairly experimental when it comes to food, as long as there's not a face on it. Minor issue for me there. Um, And I pre-ordered the reindeer. I've had reindeer once before in Stockholm. Really enjoyed it. And it was January the 4th. Still in the festive season, so why not? eat Rudolph. So yeah, on that flight, I had the reindeer. But I'll be honest, it wasn't that good. And maybe it's just with how it's cooked on a plane. But it was quite tough. The sauce was nice. But I mean, could have put anything in the sauce. Didn't need to put Rudolph in it could have saved him. Um, But yeah, the reindeer was a little bit disappointing. So thin air tips, blueberry juice, cocktails, And yeah, don't order the reindeer. So I arrived in Phuket and headed straight to the fitness camp. I was going to Titan Fitness Camp. I'd been there the year before, um, but previously I'd booked the full package with them where they arrange your accommodation and they provide all your meals. But um, I learnt from that trip, it's basically just off the main street, which is called the Soy... Um, and there's lots of restaurants there. The food is great. The Turkish place is amazing. There's a really good vegan place. Um, it's so good. And so I learned not to book the food package and also not to book the accommodation because they put me in, I mean, it was called a resort. Definitely not worthy of the word resort. 
I mean, it did have a little swimming pool, but I'm not sure that makes it a resort. Um, I got bitten, maybe not to death, but a lot by bed bugs. Um, it wasn't a great experience. And the, uh, the hotel, just in case you're thinking of booking, that hotel was called Little Hill Resort, which I amusingly renamed Little Hell Resort because, you know, just funny like that. Um, so yeah, I'd learn because there's a lot of nice hotels around there. So I learned, right, if I go back, I'll just book separately. It's a little bit more expensive, but book the workout separately and then book my accommodation. I think the other important thing is, so this this fitness tree is in the south of Phuket inland and there's quite a few places there. So if you want to do uh, Mai Tai boxing, there's Tiger, there's a few other boxing gyms down there. There's also CrossFit, um, Unit 27, but both of those certainly have the reputation that they're more hardcore and the people you see going there are the, the stacked kind of the hot people that I want to get with, but I don't necessarily want to be because I can't be bothered to do all of the, <laughs> to put in all of the work that you have to, to get that perfect body. Um, and then Titan is definitely your entry level gym, um, where it's people trying to almost make lifestyle changes or improve things, but it's, it's certainly not as uh, fit, as hardcore fitness focused as the others. And so I knew I was happy at Titan, but wanted to book my own hotel. So I found, I did a bit of research, obviously looked at all the different hotels, um, and I'd seen a few anyway when I was there before, and settled on a hotel called Cocoville. I actually, I mean, at first I really loved it. I stayed in two different rooms there because I uh, went away for the weekend in the middle of the two weeks and both of them were really good um quite big sort of own living separate living area huge comfortable bed um aircon was great which is obviously vital when you're out in Thailand and it was all in beautiful tropical gardens with two really nice swimming pools and I think the other thing I like about going there is everyone's really friendly and everyone will chat to you and will be like, oh, where are you from? Sort of, what are you doing? Because most people are out there for the same things. And so it's nice, especially as a solo traveller, to have people to talk to when you're there. Um, it's perfectly located. It's right on the strip, about a five minute walk from the gym, um, really close, like a minute from the supermarket. It was great. The only problem was I got sick and there was a sickness bug going around, not just Titan actually, it was going around the whole street and a lot of people were getting ill and of course I got it because you need a diva moment, don't you? And ended up pretty much, I don't know if I'd say bedridden or toilet ridden, but one or the other for about three days straight. And the only time in the the first 24 hours, couldn't even leave the room. It was just horrific. Um, I won't go into details. It's not pretty. And then after that, I'd only leave the rooms or leave the room, sorry, to go to the restaurant to eat a ham and cheese toasted sandwich and chips. And then I just shuffle back to my room again. And so I don't think I would stay there again because 
there's just some awful memories now from that period in time. And it also ruined my first week at the fitness camp. So whenever you tell people back at home, I'm going to a fitness camp, they picture you're at some kind of army boot camp where someone's standing above you, shouting at you. Um, And I'm not going to pretend that they're all not like that. Certainly um, Unit 27 and Titan in Phuket aren't like that. Um, Both of those, they just have classes on all day and you book what you'd like to do. So you do as much or as little exercise as you want. But I just find being in those surroundings with lots of other people that want to exercise and a lot of temptation gone is just really good for me. And so I only tend to do maybe a yoga class in the morning and then there'll be a a circuits class or the spin class in the evening. So I don't actually do that much, but it's just a really great trip. But no, so Titan is good because it's relaxed, but they're not all like that. And I did one in Chiang Mai which was more of a box. It was a boxing and fitness boot camp, and that one wasn't optional, and it wasn't wasn't great. I mean, you were isolated. I'm, I'm not going to name them actually because it was a really nice gym, um, and they're all really friendly. But it just wasn't for me. It didn't fit in with my diva ways, and you were isolated. You're in a complex where you couldn't really walk to any shops. You couldn't walk to anything all your meals were there and you had to do all the activities. So you had to get up every morning and run for an hour in circles, basically, around kind of the grass in front of the gym. Um, You would then go for breakfast, but obviously not like a good breakfast, no hash browns or anything. Um, But I mean, it was boot camp. And then you do two hours of boxing after that, which anyone who knows me, I'm not a natural boxer. Um, I'm not sure I was a natural by the end of it either. But it's, it's good to try, isn't it? And um, you then again have lunch. But there was only ever one choice as well. And so if you didn't like it, then it was tough. Um, and then the afternoon would be different activities. So we did. And some of them were great. Like the rock climbing was amazing. Um Badminton was fun, but then there are other ones where they're kind of shouting at you to run up a giant mountain in Thailand. So I think the main point I'd like to get across is if you are interested in these fitness trips and you're like me, not a massive meathead or don't love your fitness, just do a lot of research. Make sure you pick somewhere where it's optional and you can do it at your own pace, at your own speed. Um, and then it's much more enjoyable and also much more sustainable. You'll actually last the course and stay there. And also don't get the shits because <laughs> it, it ruined a good five, six days for me. So following the three days where I'd been ill, I was due to go to Ho Chi Minh City for the weekend. And I built this into it- into the itinerary as something to look forward to. Um, a chance to see somewhere new. I was really excited. I'd booked the park hire. It looked amazing. I was really excited for staying there. And I'd also booked a speedboat trip to go to the war tunnels. So I was I was really, really looking forward to it. But I was so dehydrated and wiped out after half of a week of 
eating ham and cheese toasties and spending my life attached to the toilet, um, I cancelled the trip in the end. While I wasn't up to fly into Vietnam, I knew that I needed to get away from the scenes of the crime. And also, I hadn't booked a hotel for that weekend in Phuket in the uh, fitness street area. And most of the good ones were all booked up. So I decided to go to Patong. Now, anyone who's been to Patong and has some taste will hopefully agree with me. Apologies if you love Patong and if it's your favourite holiday destination. But, I mean, I'm not sure I'm going to get that many Russians tuning into this anyway, so should be safe. Um, I'd been there eight years before, so I had had a rough idea of what to expect. But I do think maybe I've just became, or sorry, become, because that's really bad grammar, even snobbier over the last eight years, which... To anyone that knows me, they'll probably be shocked by that. I'm very down to earth. Um, I'm sure that's coming across in spades right now. Um, But yeah, I pulled my Grab, pulled up in uh, Grab's the version of Uber in Thailand, in case anyone doesn't know that. Um, My Grab pulled up in Patong. I just looked out the window and thought, oh. Where have I come? Where have I come to? But I'd booked um, the Indigo Hotel, which was nice. Um, It's a good base in Patong. Definitely recommend it. It's got... I mean, the rooftop pool was interesting. It's um, a dark pool, so all the tiling's black, and so the water looks like there's been an oil spill. But I guess that's quite cute. And there was lots of good seating in the pool and great spots to sit in. Um, But yeah, generally, I don't know. So I liked the hotel. The rooms were good. They were modern. The bathrooms were great. Um, Nice neon lighting. Who doesn't love that? Couple of minutes walk from the gay bars. So ideal for that niche group of people. Um, But I don't know. It was just something I didn't love. Oh, and the... The only other thing I loved, it comes back to food again, but a lot of the time it does with me. Food or drink, you've got me. Um, Which is why I need to go to the fitness camps. Breakfast. They did a Vegemite Eggs Benedict. This was phenomenal and has led me to trying to find a Marmite version of Eggs Benedict back in the UK, which I have not done I mean, if my culinary skills were a bit more up to scratch, I'd maybe try and make one, but I'm not sure Hollandaise is in my skill set. Um, but yeah, that was great. Um, and it was a really good weekend, actually, because it was just about getting away from Fitness Street, forgetting about that toasty, sick poo nightmare back in, well, putting the poo into Phuket, I guess. Um, and just trying to eat some normal food actually have a bit of fun, just lie by a nice pool and relax. And so it, it did work and it did what it was there to do. Um, but Phuket, as a town or city, I'm not sure which it falls under. Or oh, Sorry, Patong, not Phuket. Um, no, it's not for me. It just, it has that smell that you can get in certain sort of Southeast Asia 
towns and cities, that sewage smell that just sort of hangs in the air. And then when you combine that with the heat and the humidity, um, no, that's not vacation to me. That's not holiday. Um, And then it's not the prettiest of places either. Very concrete. Um, And certainly, I mean, there may be some great restaurants there. But when I researched and looked around, I just went and got a chicken royale from Burger King. So, and, and sometimes though, you just want a chicken royale. So, I mean, that's not bad. I'm not shaming the royale. The royale is a work of art, especially with that slice of cheese on top. But if I was planning my next sort of relaxing holiday away, it wouldn't be Patong just to make that I think I've made that clear anyway but just one more time no don't go to Patong but the gay bars were fun definitely not as good as when I went eight years ago but I think that's a theme throughout the world with just maybe less need for segregated bars maybe just less demand for gay bars um Certainly something you see in London and lots of other places, but they were still fun. And I ended up going with a guy who I'd met at the boot camp, actually, who had been on the Finnair flight and actually in the same lounge as me. I didn't ask if he enjoyed the salmon or the Caesar salad. I know for sure he didn't have the reindeer, but yeah, we ended up meeting at the boot camp and he was Irish, lived in Australia And yeah, we ended up going out with a couple of his friends from Ireland as well. And I mean, it was a really fun night. The problem is, we started talking about Brexit. And I made an admission about how I voted during Brexit. And this didn't go down very well with the guy's friends who got very aggressive. And heard the line that I've heard many a times that, we thought you were really intelligent. (laughs) We can't believe you did that. Um, And I mean, this certainly isn't the place to discuss the pros and cons of Brexit. I guess the lesson which I should have learned, you would think, three to four years on, because this is a conversation I've had a lot, you would think three to four years on, I would learn to just shut up, not talk about it, especially when I'm around people I don't know. Uh, But it appears I don't have the ability to do that. And that was a very awkward part of the night out. Then the only more awkward part was the sexual advances of the gentleman from the boot camp. Um, Which on this occasion I politely declined. Uh, He still offered to walk me back to the hotel, but it was only a couple of minutes walk. And I was quite capable of making my way back there. Um... But yeah, that was slightly awkward. I'd also like to point out, because this is now, on this podcast, I've referenced a few people who have made advances towards me. I would like to point out, this isn't a regular occurrence. I'm not, I'm not trying to make out I'm some heartthrob hunk that's permanently in demand and my life is just going on holiday and fighting off the advances, the unwanted advances of a lot of men. If only that was the case. If only that was the case. Anyway, as the outro music would suggest, 
I'm coming to the end of episode one. Oh, don't cry. It's all right. Um, and I've only told you effectively half of my trip to Thailand. But don't worry. I'm not going to leave it on a cliffhanger so you listen to episode two. We've not really got time for that, have we? So I'll just quickly tell you what happened in the second week. I went back to Fitness Street, met everybody there again. It was great. Um, Went to the classes I wanted to, even did the Big Buddha run. And this was my proudest moment. I was so happy with this. Set my alarm for, I think it's 5.30 in the morning. Got the little bus to the bottom of the hill. And then most of the people that are at Titan all run up to the top of the hill. Um, It's kind of a race. And I was definitely in the top 10. So that was good. Um, And then when you get there, the views are just amazing. And you sit there, you watch the sunrise, and life is just great. And fingers crossed, COVID will go soon. And we're all going to get back to a place where we can enjoy all these moments again. After that, it was then the weekend. I was flying home on the Sunday, but I met up with a couple of friends on the Saturday and went to Nihan Beach. Definitely recommend it if you're in the south side of Phuket. Um, Still quite touristy, but it's a really nice beach. Titan also do beach training on that beach, but I didn't bother going to that because it's on a Saturday and I don't do weekends. So yeah, went there. Had a lovely day with my friends and then we went to the Italian restaurant at the side of the bay and watched the sunset with a cool, crisp glass of Sauvignon Blanc in hand. It was perfect. And that was my trip. So thank you for listening. I hope you don't think I'm too much of a dick and I hope you've enjoyed it. And episode two is coming up shortly. (laughs) 